Hello and welcome to the Emerging Purpose Podcast. My name is Greg Donaldson and each week I talk to a guest about the theme of purpose. This week I'm speaking to Annabelle Nicole, founder of Garden of Alchemy, and we're talking about cambo, cacao ceremonies, and essential oils. Enjoy the podcast. So, welcome to the Emerging Purpose podcast. And um, just to give you a little bit of context, I'm sat in a very beautiful house with uh, a woman called Annabelle Nicole. And I've known Annabelle for nine or ten years. We first met on an Artist Way course in Brighton. And um, that was a three-month journey of, of discovery. Um, so I've come to Annabelle's house today. She's the founder of a company called The Garden of Alchemy. And I want to know more about this, this, uh, this organization, this company that you run. So hello, Annabelle. Hello, hello. <laughs> thank you for coming and uh, talk. Thank you for letting me come to you and talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, um, why don't you tell me a bit of what's the sort of um, philosophy around mm. the Garden of Alchemy? Mm. Yeah, I think um, there really isn't ever a short answer when you ask me a question. So that's fine. The Garden of Alchemy was in my ongoing journey to search, I have done multiple things. And one of the things I find the hardest is um, putting myself in a box, you know, like I'm a this or I'm a that. And so I really wanted to find a way of making myself bigger than that, you know, like no, like a container that isn't like really a container. Mm. And for me, there was something about the word alchemy because it's like creates more there's a sense of combining and fusing but also kind of holds the kind of energy of magic and then the garden is just such a connection to Gaia and to the plants that I love working with and so the garden of alchemy came and it just suddenly was like oh yeah I feel like I feel like I could resonate more with being like an alchemist than any other label Mm. I've come across so oh nice yeah yeah, so uh, so on that on that um, we were just sort of, sort of, you were saying that actually something about the Garden of Alchemy being a kind of umbrella mm-hmm. for everything that you do, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering what that what that is. I mean, I know a little bit, obviously, mm. but just for our listeners, mm. like what is it that the that you um, offer? Mm. So the three main pillars. So if you like, you need three of anything, the Holy Trinity, to keep things you know, beyond not falling down. Mm. So the starting pillars were the main things that I've been into. So um, working with cacao, Mm. plant medicine of the heart. Um, Cambo, which is a plant, well, an animal medicine from a frog Mm. that comes from the Amazon and essential oils. And then from that, there are other things being birthed and have been created. And my partners now joined forces. So... Yeah, but they're the bedrocks, those three pillars. Great. Okay, so can we get a little bit further into those? Mm-hmm. So just to tell the listeners, you know, just before we started the podcast, mm-hmm. um, myself, you and your partner sat and had a little cacao ceremony together. Um, I'd never <clears throat> drunk cacao actually before. I, 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 was a, I was a raw chocolatier for a while. And I, so I got into, into the mm. medicine mm. aspect of cacao. 
Um, but I must say, drinking it is and with that sort of more ritualistic uh, intention, there's something very beautiful about that. And I just wondered, how did you come to that? Mm. So cacao has cacao has been my most exciting of all the medicines to work with um, in my private life and in my professional life mm. um, because it has really kind of allowed me to become myself. It's been uh, a medicine where I really trialed and errored and mixed different things together and different kind of worked with different people and it's just been more of a play. There's yeah. been a lot of play with it. But it's also, I think what I love about it is unlike the caffeine hit that you get after drinking a coffee mm. that kind of stimulates you and makes you very kind of mentally kind of in a to-do list kind of energy. Yes, yeah. uh, cacao still gives you this lovely energy but it feels like it comes through the heart. And because of that, it has this kind of creative edge to it, which I don't ever feel when I drink coffee. Like I drink coffee if I need to, you know, do my accounts or whatever. But because so much of the nature of what I do is this kind of connection to the divine, if you like, or to um, healing or with people, I find that I need to work with medicines that keep me connected, but also keep me going. So it's not like you drink cacao, though you can. We've done yin yoga with it. We've done meditation journeys with it. It will really merge to where the intention needs to go and amplify the situation. Mm. What I see happening is it's, I mean, and we can get quite esoterical here, but I... Great. (laughs) More esoterical, the better. I see it as one of the first waves of heart-centered consciousness to hit the Western world as a plant medicine. So as we have been we've made a big astrological jump and in astrology they say for any of those if you know the chakra system they say we've moved from the solar plexus into the heart chakra and we're still at the very much at the early stages of that and when cacao came in i thought it was really subtle and but now that i've journeyed with a lot of plant medicines i see that it's actually quite energized so when people are working with cacao they're actually manifesting through the heart. So there's a lot of things being actioned in my life which didn't occur before cacao. So it's like suddenly all the creative aspects and spiritual aspects mm. are suddenly taking form in this in this world. It's not just this ceremony where I'm off journeying with some animals and, and then nothing really, it's really action-based. And that's why I think it's the first wave because until we start working from our hearts, we can't build a new paradigm. We can't start to heal what's been before and create more. So it's interesting when when we did the first round, I noticed that you where you you invited us to sort of uh, whatever we needed to leave or or leave behind mm. or dump in the room or something, mm. you know. And um, I noticed as I took that first sip, my heart was actually pounding, you know. So it's almost like. Um, I don't know, like a resonance with the cacao somehow, like you yeah. know, that it's going to bring you into that space. So I kind of completely get that with the yeah. with the heart thing. I think know. I think the heart is so interesting just to meditate on because one of the things I say when I have circle with people, mm. if they're sharing, you'll know when it's your turn to share because your heart will start to beat. Mm. And in the past, we might have associated that with nervousness or fear when our hearts beat. And I think living in a culture that's so adrenalized and so in go energy all the time, we've lost our ability to listen to our hearts beat. And it will actually 
it, it changes its rhythm depending on our emotional state or whether we're running from someone or something. And because we've kind of overused the muscle in the wrong ways, we've, we need to kind of learn how to start to listen to our heart and, and becoming in tune with that rhythm, that beat, which is, you know, also so connected to our root chakra. So as you start to meditate on the heart, it just starts to teach you so much about you know, this body we live in and how we relate to others. So it's, it does become quite out there. And the more I've been contemplating on what is heart consciousness, you know, I've been starting to ask questions like, what would it look like to do business with heart? And all these various questions that then mm. start to bring up multiple <laughs> shadows and programs and various old ways to be cleared for that to exist so, mm. so essentially you're, you're sort of saying the the cacao enables you to step into that more heartful place alongside also your kind of pragmatism and your mm. ac your active daily life or whatever mm. so there's a sort of almost like a a bridge mm. Mm. and and it's yeah so that's that's cacao and it can be used for me quite it, it's quite regular for me because I think I need to do a lot of work on my heart you know it's not that I'm oh I work with cacao so I'm my heart's completely healed and happy right, you know right. I, I think I work with cacao because my heart has been so hurt and is so in you're so drawn much pain to what you need to you teach what you yeah I think you need so. to learn. that too and also the fact that I just I you know it's who doesn't love love you know mm. and nice. I I feel creating these rituals and ceremonies are is a new thing to me that kind of came in kind of in the last couple of years and I realized I had no ritual in my life and no ceremony in my life and so Kakao is teaching me how to make daily life a ritual like how to put more reverence into everything I do whether it's cleaning the house or and so bigger ceremonies are just a kind of teaching pod if you like to go and then one of the things I want to do is to empower people to buy cacao and make ceremony with themselves mm. so we don't need to always go to a shaman or a thing to evolve that we need to learn to trust ourselves and listen to what our heart is actually saying and directing mm. us to do so yeah that's something I'm really passionate about yeah so how is it in um you know could you explain to me uh how that looks in terms of in terms of like this you know the garden of alchemy mm -hmm. you know so you obviously run cacao rituals mm -hmm. uh, is that a regular thing or is it a kind of mm. uh, and do you is it something that maybe you know loads of new people come to or do you have a sort of regular mm. uh, you know sort of crowd that come and, mm. and sort of tune in or like mm. a community how how is it yeah it's it's quite diverse is it? Um, it started off very much coming into, so before plant medicine entered my life, I was very much into the work of Byron Katie. Oh, yeah. And uh, I had clients doing that work and cacao came in and I started to hold cacao ceremonies before doing the work, which it's called. And I started to realize that the sessions were so much deeper. People were kind of moving through so much stuff, so much better. Um, and so it started to bring in the medicine started to fuse. So I use cacao now in private sessions, but I mix so many other tools in there as well. So mm. guided meditations, intention, coaching style things, you know, mm. clearing belief systems, but it's all very much organically driven by the container of ceremony. And then 
I have monthly cacao ceremonies. I've been on this really exciting journey over the last year of just going, I just meet people and I really love people and they're doing something cool and I'll go, oh, we should just have cacao at that. It's almost an excuse to have a conversation with someone else. Mm -hmm. And so I've been journeying with, you know, yoga people and storytellers and uh, there's just been so many co-creations and we did a laughter one the other week, which was hilarious. And so cacao bends itself. Nice to other medicines mm. and other practices very well and amplifies and then uh, and then yeah and then some private stuff so just being able to um i did a big birthday party last weekend for 30 people and a cacao ceremony yeah for like oh. a bespoke cacao ceremony wow. so i think people are starting to realize that um, things like to mark events and stuff they want to have a bit more mm. connectedness not just get drunk and no. dance yeah, this is like emptiness. If we don't mark our, if we don't mark with like importance and reverence and love and respect, if we don't mark our life, it loses meaning. Yeah. And I think we're all feeling that a lot and people are seeking and searching and, you know, I think people are just starting to be open to it. You know, we're, like it took 20 years for the yoga to hit the mainstream. Yes, now, now, yes. now this stuff is coming in, but we live in Brighton and I forget that yeah. we might be slightly more. <laughs> we're, in a bit, we're in a bit of a bubble, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, a great bubble to be exactly, in. Exactly, you know. yeah. Um, it sort of reminds me, actually, when you talk about ritual, um, you know, I've never, I've, I've, I've always been on a sort of journey with ritual mm. in terms of like, I'm not quite sure what it's for. Is yeah. it for doing the ritual and then seeing what happens afterwards? Mm. Um but about a year ago, actually, I sort of um, I knew that I had to go to Australia mm. for some reason, and I went to Australia, and I knew that I had to do a ritual, mm. and I ended up. I mean, long story short, I ended up at Uluru, you know, Ayers Rock, mm. and um, you had to go really early in the morning because it was mm. so hot. So mm. we were out about four o'clock in the morning mm. walking around Uluru, and suddenly the right space arrived for this ritual mm. to happen. Mm. And interestingly, what I noticed is that the ritual was kind of very organic and, you know, I ended up sort of almost like stripping off and covering myself in sand and all this sort of stuff. And it was at, the, it was at a men's site mm. uh, halfway around the, the rock. Um, but after the ritual, what I noticed was that it, that it felt like it was um, to seal something, mm. to seal a passage of time. Nice. Nice. That that uh, and and you know in re what it was actually in relation to was like being a father for twelve years, nice. you know in the Aboriginal culture the sons are taken at twelve mm. out of the cut and I kind of through that was able to break my own sort of family pattern mm. of of uh, of being a present father. Oh, nice. And and so I saw ritual in a completely different way in yeah. uh, sort of at that moment it was like about trusting that something needed to be marked. And that actually the ritual was the thing that sealed yeah. that that amount of time. You yeah, know? it wasn't that. I mean, and I guess you could you could do rituals for intention as well, mm. and for the future, and mm -hmm. for the, this is a beginning mm. of something. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. It's really amazing to hear your work mm. with cacao. I'm also really interested. You said cambo, mm -hmm. and I know that you work with cambo, mm -hmm. and and I know um, there's been a bit of a uh, what would you call it? A kind of surge of uh of of cambo medicine in the in the culture um you know i run a psychedelic integration group as i know you do mm -hmm. and uh a lot of what we're hearing is uh, 
reports of Cambo. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit more about it? What, what is it? How yeah. do you do it? What does it give you? What, yeah. Why are you specifically drawn to it? Well, it's funny because as we, we have uh, to all the listeners, we have just drunk a very strong ceremonial, ceremonial dose of cacao and yeah. it has this capacity to make my things connect in my brain as well. So I'm already thinking, ah, oh, yeah, Cambo is the same as cacao. So Cambo is the same as cacao in the fact that I also see it as a medicine that is like forefronting. Um, mm. You said it was from a frog, it's right? from a frog. Yeah. So, yeah, this is probably the most far out thing I do. I kind of, you know, there's a kind of pecking order to depending on what demographic I'm with. But I, I've got like a different medicine for different kind of environments. Yeah. I've got like kind of go in with the essential oils, meet people warm into maybe a cacao ceremony. Uh-huh. And then maybe they're ready for a cambo. Or the other way around, actually, I get a lot of diehard plant medicine people mm. doing cambo and then realizing they can get a lot of healing and integration from the subtler plants. Ah, I see. So, yeah, they tend to overlap each other. And yeah. uh, people usually come in in a diff- from in one of those portals, if you like. Yeah. Um, so cambo, like, there's so much to say about cambo and that could take a whole pod- podcast, but... Um, the, the kind of nugget of it was kind of came through the ayahuasca um, journey. So mm. there was a village sick and the shaman took the ayahuasca and went under and prayed um, for an answer to how to heal this village. Mm. And he got a download of, of working with this frog medicine and served it to the people and they all healed. And they use it mainly in the tribal context for like warrior energy they uh, they believe that collective consciousness in their kind of language is like they call it panema. It's like a cloud, mm. and that we need to like clear our energetic bodies so that we can raise our consciousness above the cloud, so that we can almost like have good third eye vision. So personally, the way I see it work very much in the West again because we're not living in the jungle, mm. but um, is this idea of really sharpening our intuitive energy, but also our warrior energy. So this is where it clears a lot of fear from the system and it's quite intense and quite fast. So unlike cacao, that's kind of warming and opening and like merging into life and oneness, Cambo's like, let's clear this stuff up now. I want change. I want clarity. I'm, you know, people are coming to it for various things through, you know, health stuff Mm. and but even just to kind of as a spiritual practice to kind of clearing the mind I personally am most excited because I love working with kind of energy work and emotional stuff Uh, though I see it's so amazing for people to work with certain illnesses and we can't say that it heals anything but um, I'm just more excited to see integrative change in people's lives and when I see people work with Cambo, I see noticeable changes in their lives. Really? Yeah, it's just like sometimes it can look like things fall apart a little bit, oh, yeah. you know, before they get back together. If they do good integration with it, I just see change happening. So a bit like cacao, I'm kind of finding that there's something about change that's exciting me with these medicines. And how do we work with the consciousness of these medicines to make change? Because we've kind of face it, we've we've kind of maximized our intellectual capacities and haven't done a very good job with that. So I really think as a species, we need to learn how to work in relationship with the mm. planet we live on. 
and that maybe that is the highest intelligence that exists and we need to learn how to interpret that you know and that's what we're all trying to do you yourself me is how do we decode this read this but what I really like about Cambo is it works on the physical body as well so you know you have a like a cellular cleanse you know it's like a deep detox to the system Mm. so it's a fantastic medicine to clean you and open you before you do larger plant medicine journeys but it can be just used on its own and that's something I'm really excited about because it's all it's often like people might go oh I'll do Cambo because it makes me have a nicer ayahuasca journey Mm. and I'm like you know just a series of Cambo will make the changes in your life you know so you can go and do these big plant medicines if you're looking for some kind of answer but if you really want to bring that answer in and make kind of change yeah then you've got to start to look at this physical reality you live in this 3d matrix you know and how are you with your habits and your health and your language and your capacity to sit with pain and not act out or go to addictions and I just see Cambo working really strongly with these kind of frequencies, mm. which cacao opens the door, but this goes this goes really deep. Mm. So I like to have kind of the two poles, if you like. If you, uh, I'm sort of guessing that you that your own personal experience with it mm. with Cambo um, had a had an effect on mm. you in order to want to work with it. Yeah, I'm just sort of wondering. I'm sort of a bit, you know. Don't if you don't want to tell me, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I've just kind of, I'm interested. Yeah, like in your personal journey yeah. with it. Yeah, you know. So I, I, I was. Not, no one's really attracted to become a Cambo. Well, they might be attracted initially because it's quite a, you know, it's a purging process. Oh, is it? So you are. You know, you, you take the medicine, you've fasted the night before, you drink um, a lot of water, the medicine is put on, you're in ceremony, and then you surrender, your body goes through this kind of intense, you know, like scan and clearing of the cells, and then you purge. How is it Im- administered? It's um, um, you, the outer epidermis of the skin is burnt. And so, you burn the skin? Yeah, but not like, not to the blood, so just to the lymphatic system. And then the medicine is placed on, so it works through the lymphatic system. I see, system. right. So that's quite intense already. Uh, it's quite, it's a little tiny. Oh, okay. Um, some but the idea things. of it is intense. Yeah, but yeah. it's, I think it's, you know, it's just such a medicine of surrender. And so it's empowering in that. So when you go through things like Cambo, it gives you that warrior energy. And I'm a great believer in, you know, we we live in samsara you know as much as enlightened we think we are we go through the waves of happiness and sadness pleasure and pain it's you know the the older i get the more i accept it's an inevitable journey of being human of being human (laughs) whereas when i was younger there was definitely a chase to there is this place you can be in that's just happy all the time you know oh yeah and then i went through this place of disillusionment like there isn't that place they're lying and, and now I'm in the place of like, why would I want to be in that place all the time? Mm. You know, it's it's kind of like how I'm making friends with those emotions we classify as negative. Mm. So how I see Cambo working is short bit of pain, quite a lot of glory. You know, it's like what it's doing, I think, is clearing out a lot of stuff in a short period of time. 
whether you've done the integration leading up to it or afterwards mm. depends on who you are and how you've met the medicine. But I notice if I do combo like once every month, once every two months, I genuinely have like a stability. Of course, I have stuff coming up in my life, but it's just manageable. Mm. And there's something about taking responsibility for cleaning our bodies and, you know, keeping our minds clear that I just feel that Cambo takes care of so much stuff so that you don't have to be put in the roller coaster of life all the time. I see. So I don't know if that makes sense. So it's like a sort of facilitator of, of awareness, consciousness yeah. in your, through the act of purging. I mean, people... Of what, cleansing. <laughs> it sounds really bizarre, but <laughs> this is my take on it. Like to, some people really come at it from kind of, you know, a fitness point of view or oh, yeah. a health kind of point of view or especially in the west you know oh yeah so There's, it's got to be something that achieves something yeah oh well i think that's us by nature in the west yeah, isn't it yeah. but i i what i see as it really is you get like a cambo calling it's like there's this kind of like oh i don't really want to do cambo but i really feel that would be good for me right now mm. and um because the clarity you feel afterwards and the shifts that happen are just so great. It's just like, okay, take a deep breath, let's go. And I think I don't need to do as much cambo as I did when I first got into cambo. Like I did a lot of cambo, did you? but I have a lot of trauma and I have a lot of ancestral trauma. And we all do. What is it that Gabo Mate says that we're all suffering from PTSD? I mean, yeah. I totally believe that. Yeah. And you really can see it when you work with cambo. Um, my sensory system has kind of woken up a lot using Cambo so I can sense things that I wasn't being able to sense. My sense of smell is stronger. My sense of hearing is stronger. I My, my eyes are stronger. Like my physical body feels like it operates better really? for one. Yeah, that's the kind of main thing. But also then my intu intuition is better. So I will literally have thoughts that you know i wasn't a you know i hadn't i haven't done any kind of like shamanic training in kind of working with entities or anything but i can totally feel that now mm. i can feel what i'm working with and it's been such a journey to trust myself mm. you know it's not like i've had the thing with me is i haven't come from a strong lineage i really feel like i've just had direct teachings through the plants Oh, I see. So you, so you mean you didn't come through a kind of school of plant no, medicine? No. no. I mean, I trained yeah. in the in the Cambo, yeah. but it's it's a you know a Western way, and it's like a two week training for your initial, and mm. then there's you know another advance. But um, some people just read it on the internet and do it. But I had already been holding space for years, so that side of things was quite fine. And mm. um, so I. Yeah, I feel that it's it's funny, this whole argument between, you know, it's somewhere I'm just not 100% clear on between, you know, like these old traditions that we have, like in South America with ayahuasca, and then we have the West, and then there's all this conflict arising because we should be doing it the way, the original way, but then we're living in a culture that's so incomparable to their culture that we can't really do it their way because when it does when the medicine is served in that way my experiences i've seen people just completely like lost and without integration mm. and so 
I feel that my journey, my incarnation, because I think there's loads of beautiful lineages and loads of beautiful things that are really strong callings for people, but it just wasn't my entrance field. Mm. I came very much through the mind. I came through kind of questioning belief systems, logical reasoning, wanting to know why we're here, why do we suffer, what is this stuff? Big questions. Big questions. Went through a lot of different kind of, you know, the CBT angle of things, mm. kind of trying to um, law of attraction, then I very much got into a system called human design, which is a bit like astrology. Very, you know, I studied that for four years. Again, you're a real seeker, right? Real seeker. Yeah. Then I got into um, tantra. Yeah. Got into body based work, and then yeah. I got into plant medicine. And now, weirdly, my seeking has shifted to a place of like, ooh, I really want to work with calendula this month. You know, I'm just gonna like work with calendula. What's it gonna teach me? What am I gonna learn? So it's like. It's like on some level you could say there's a seek, but I think it's become more of a curiosity mm. because it's not like there's a destination anymore because I'm suddenly aware, oh my God, there's just endless learning, yeah. like endless. So you sort of, you, uh, you've kind of um, sunken into the journey, yeah. the process of the journey and kind of taking yeah. the, oh, the, the long view. Yeah, you know, and you know. I suppose in, in regards to cambo and cacao that's the place i find myself in which is the place of like deeply listening to oh i need to put an oil on now i need to meditate now i need to do this now it's like i i just follow my internal barometer mm. whereas on my early part of my life it was external i had to have teachers i had to have other people other authoritarian energies on some description that must know more than me and then I realized nobody knows more than me and nobody knows more than you not in an ego trippy way no but owning owning yourself owning oh, yeah. you yeah and that's and scary you know. yeah. like I totally have imposter syndrome a lot of the time well that's quite a good sign though isn't mm. it I mean I you know obviously I work as a psychotherapist and I think most therapists have imposter syndrome mm. because they think they have to be therapists <laughs> do you know what I mean rather than a person with a therapy with a therapist certificate yeah. <laughs> you know and, and so I think it's interesting you say that because you know in some ways we need that the imposter syndrome keeps you accountable yeah. to you mm. do you know what I mean whereas it, uh, unless you just give over to it and, mm. and feel like you are a fraud mm. you know but but I think if you have if you have that sort of questioning mind or that or that awareness around mm. oh, what's this part of me that thinks I'm an imposter yeah. it, it's I find that quite a useful dynamic to work with it means you give a shit you know what I mean you care yeah and I think it's extra strong for me because of the what sort of work I'm doing in this society that we live in because mm. it's not got loads of pieces of paper mm. and qualifications and degrees it's been it's been a life journey of you know a lot of trial and error a lot of workshops you know a lot of living it trialing it and trying to embody it putting in discipline practices doing the work doing the work yeah and so it's hard to put that on a piece of paper mm. You know, yeah, I suffered for three years. I'm totally qualified to deal with this issue. <laughs> <laughs> I turned every stone over. I know this shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, so what I'm loving is the trust that as I trust myself, yeah. people trust me. Yeah. You know, and it's well, that it'll whole shine bag. through, won't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I'm continually reminded and then I forget and then I'm reminded and the, the forgetting is quicker and less. Yeah. But 
just how it's just this internal world is the only work that needs to happen. The only work I need to do is on the inside. Mm -hmm. And then everything changes on that kind of you know, projector thing that we often talk about. And mm -hmm. I just, you know, I was out last night with a friend and we were looking at the stars and, you know, we we're having an esoteric moment of like, everything's inside us. And then I said, yes, but look at this matrix we live in. It's just like full of self-reflections, mm -hmm. you know, from the little flower to the cactus to our mate to everything. Everything is an aspect of consciousness and we get to experience and interface with that. Absolutely. And that is just so exciting when you start to wake up to that everything becomes a playground because you can then start to re-choose and start to heal and get curious that there is no such thing as good and bad experiences mm -hmm. because if i'm so terrified of i don't know let's say war then by actually you know having that fear i separate out from it and i create more war because that's what war is born from from separation mm. so it is this kind of when I know the world is like a safe space, when I can really do the healing work, which has been a lot of my work and still continues to be, like everything has to be safe. You have to feel safe, whether you're in ceremony, whether and you can't open if you're not mm. safe. So it's that sort of um, the, the place where you're not triggered into yeah. something. You're kind of might be, you might be at the edge of your comfort, yeah. but as long as you feel safe, then you can kind of go over that edge absolutely yeah i mean absolutely. that's that kind of goes into almost like our psychodynamic history doesn't it it's like if you were safe as a child yeah you get to be you absolutely and there's the roots of everything isn't it mm. i've got like this catchphrase at the moment i'm super into because i also do these essential oils which is another thing yeah i want to hear um, about that as well so i was at a talk the other day and this is just like i love a fact i was like the kid who had fact books and i'd be like <laughs> did you like five elephants fit inside a bull whale or whatever do they yeah apparently <laughs> well, that's the one i remember as a kid so chinese bamboo right mm. five years okay like five seasons in china it takes for the bamboo let's i think they start as like a little bit of a root i don't mm. think it's a seed and the bamboo hasn't broken through the surface of the earth it's underground wow. and it's roots are building and spreading and spreading and building and spreading and it's five years it's doing that until bing up comes the little leaf yeah. at the top of the soil and then check this out within nine months it grows 60 feet no nine months yeah oh come on and we're so we're related to bamboo do you think so i feel <laughs> like when i think oh man i just want to you know shoot for the stars there's been so much building. There's been so much behind the scene. And I just have to like see Bamboo as my teacher, just set the foundations, do the deeper work. I'm doing mm. a lot of ancestor based work at the moment in my own personal life. And I thought it was deep enough going back into my childhood. Now it's like, right, now we go back through all the lines. You know, it's wow. like, whoa, this is next level. <laughs> so that makes sense because I, this is such a, if there's something about getting to the roots of things, mm. you know, um, yeah. that excites me as a journey, mm. you know, it's kind of like, I just have this quest to understand like why we behave the way we behave and, and that no one's an evil person. Like I just don't believe in that concept. Mm. You and don't yet, believe in evil? No, mm. not really. I feel that they're all just aspects of trauma or, you know behavior that maybe got distorted at some yeah. point 
But when you truly step into that person's like shoes, what is that saying when you walk the moccasins? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Walk, you, walk in someone else's shoes for a... Yeah, mo- yeah. yeah, yeah. You only, uh, if you walk 100 miles or something, you can know. I, I think, you know, it was always that conversation in school, like, you know, Hitler was so bad. And then I was like, but I'm sure in Hitler's, con- you know, consciousness. And then it's so taboo to ever say something like that because people will think you're completely Lula because mm. our, our whole system stands up on a blame game. Absolutely. So make we, it make it the fault of the other. Absolutely. Like, look at, like, oh, like the poor consciousness of Donald Trump. He carries the entire country's like hate. Mm. It's like he's just a representative of all of our shit. Exactly. All of our shit. The poor guy, you know, look like the seriously. Donald Trump in you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, and then when you can understand that, then you can approach and deal with people without so much violence yeah. and blame. And of course, we like we all have aspects unhealed within ourselves, and that's our life's journey. So for me, going back into the ancestors is coming from a place of there are certain codependent structures in my reality that I struggle to heal in 20 years of working on myself, mm. around alcoholism and the codependent structures that set up around that. And I want to know what happened. You know, mm. I want to. I want to. I want to start to understand what happened in history, in our relationship between man and woman. I was Irish family, but English family. What happened in our cultures? How that creates? It's just. And then, as I start to unpack the layers, I start to see the shifts in my life. And as I change, I see it directly in my children, like right. almost instantly. Right. Continuing uh, the line. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there, there isn't a bigger motivation for this work than mm. seeing, I don't, I want to clean up as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So taking responsibility. Mm. I'm just interested because um, a moment ago, <clears throat> you were saying, I think you mentioned it very briefly. You said something about when people go through this process or, or that sort of awakening process, there's a sense that, um, you know, that actually part of that process is about unraveling Mm -hmm. and I'm really interested in that because I think as a therapist I see what I see is a lot of people turn up to therapy Mm. kind of going uh right I've got this problem Mm. and I'm in crisis can you fix it for me can you sort it out and make me happy again and you know what I'm very quick to say with (laughs) to clients is is something like we can definitely work with what's going on for you but but actually part of this process might be feel about that it's going to get worse Mm. because actually if you tell me something about yourself that you're very certain that this is you Mm. and that's not you Mm. my inclination is going to be to go towards the what is not you Mm. because i want to i want to know why that isn't you Mm. what what, why are you holding that out of your own Mm. experience Mm. um and then and so that transition of well, I guess integration again really mm-hmm. is like can be really unnerving, right? Mm. Is 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 sort of looking at a part of yourself that that's in the shadow, um, or mm. is a part that you're ashamed mm. of, or a part that you you know that's mm. that you want to hide, basically. Um, you know, so I just wondered if do you have thoughts around how that processes for you or for mm. the, the people that you work with like yeah. um you know how do you i suppose how do you work with that yeah. that idea that actually people might unravel a little bit yeah this happened to me actually i did this um cacao ceremony and it was 
epic it was like a day retreat with a harp being played in the background and a fire and a cacao, I mean, cacao and yin yoga and it was with other practitioners and I was like you know this is it and of course I'd advertised it as this beautiful soul day for your soul and I forget how like cacao wants to work anyway we're in the cacao ceremony and the cacao people are super open because they've done this like body opening process the cacao's kicked in and the questions dive really deep when you work with cacao and suddenly everyone's cracking left right and center you know sharing their deepest secrets like suddenly crying losing the plot and you know and for me I get excited as a space holder when I see this because I see change you know mm. um and skipped out of there thinking yeah that, you know it's funny isn't it like seeing people crying you're like yes people are cracking it's worked yes they're they're softening you know yeah. they're letting go of baggage and um they're facing stuff i got back and i got a call the next day from one of the guys there going everyone's totally falling apart and they're blaming you know that they shouldn't have drunk the cacao and they shouldn't have said what they said and i was like oh fuck um so it really started to get me thinking about integration mm. and actually my my responsibility to support an ongoing process and to make all my services attached to everything I do, whether it be Cambo or cacao ceremony. Sort of people do have situations that, you know, unearth stuff that mm. there is then a safe ongoing process to unravel, as you say. And it also has cr created many documents and now I send out follow-up letters talking about this thing called the rubber band effect. I don't know if you call it the rubber band effect in psychotherapy, but it's the idea of like when we've stretched our comfort zone, mm. there's always a retraction afterwards. I see, yeah, yeah. So I send that to them as just a little thought plug around this idea. And then as I start working with clients individually, I really start to, like my take on it was, um, we're like Frodo and Lord of the Rings. And um, when we get aware of the adventure we're on, we can start to see it as, okay, there's we're going somewhere. And we start to work with themes. So if there's a shadow of shame arising, for example, then, then we become prevalent to what the gift of that is as well. And we start to look at the whole thing, like to unpack the whole shadow and light. So then they can have true integration around that and then from there there's a choice because if we're like if it's in the shadows we we don't have any choice mm. so i try to make it exciting like this process of discovery and it's like this is going to serve you rather than oh yeah like the shame for me i will i will like honor that i will say wow you're going deep in your process mm. the shame is arising this is really positive we're really hitting the roots here because shame is right. one of the roots you know mostly when you go to shame you're really really at the bottom of it you know it's one of the heaviest frequencies and when you work with plant medicines you start to really see emotions as energy frequencies and mm. they carry like certain densities and certain flavors and there are certain frequencies that are just really heavy and so if someone can sit in shame in your presence yeah. that is a that's a level of healing that's happening and to be able to acknowledge that in the other and to be able to go well, you can do that you can hold that you can be with that and you can right. feel that it just moves through the energetic body quite quickly it's usually any kind of resistance to yes. a feeling yes. that creates a stagnation so again it goes back to safety yeah. and, and just that gentle 
like layers but but that's where i you know something will, will spark into my consciousness i play a drum or shake a rattle or use an oil or usually my intuition will move to let's have some silence now or mm. let's so i'm that's the alchemist in me right you know right. it's not so much like just talking psychotherapy there is yeah. this idea of like sometimes a medicine just at the right time will just help move that person into a just yeah. over that little hurdle and but it sounds like what you offer in terms of um you know setting setting up the the space or or um or what you offer the participants mm. is a kind of uh almost like um i don't want to i kind of want to say reality check mm. in terms of like you know this isn't about just taking something and feeling good oh yeah no this is like this is going on a journey yeah. and you know it could be the heroic journey yeah it's like and the part, hero's journey yeah. the hero's yeah. journey yeah so it's like it's like that's not always going to feel great no you know um but part of the awareness around that and maybe I, i'm guessing what you offer in support mm. is that you know let's go let's go to these places mm. and be in them and actually and like you say be in a safe environment yeah. to do that yeah, but um, also then there's this exciting kind of not only in the un unraveling, but there's this, an exciting um, like landing of creativity yeah. and connection. And I think one of the strongest things I have with clients who work long term and most people who sign in work long term because oh. I think they feel with the nature of the work, they need to relax their nervous system. And they need to just see this as a lifestyle choice. You know, if they're going to make significant changes in their lives, then they really need to not be in it, as you say, for a quick fix. Mm. So these are people that are usually here because they've tried every other therapy. They've gone down every other avenue and they're just really wanting to actually learn to be the masters of their own reality. Mm. And I'm just basically guiding them back to that in themselves over time till they can trust themselves and usually they leave my process when they're starting to put rituals into their lives they're starting to process on their own they're able to reach out to trust their inner resonance their own guidance when they're there they don't need to work with me anymore you know mm. they've, they've already become their own alchemist in a way nice. and people mm. like it because they're empowered with multiple tools mm. so it's not like i just play with one tool and there's a sense of creativity which is really exciting so there's with the longer term people, there's, there's, there's onward work. So they get to play with different things. They might be journeying with an essential oil. They might be, you know, writing gratitude lists very simply. There can be elements of coaching and accountability. Mm. So it can, it, it ends up being quite fun because you're interplaying with life a bit. Right. You know, it's and you're not, bringing all your, all your learning <laughs> from your own life path into, into helping others. Yeah. navigate theirs yeah at the same time as deeply listening that they have the wisdom inside them mm. yes like that's if they have the it? wisdom the cacao the drums or whatever is trying to access that and when i see that come out i feel like i should be paying them <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 because <laughs> i'm like whoa i'm in the presence of a god or a goddess yeah, yeah. you know and it's like there's nothing like it is there mm. if someone re uh, finds an authentic space in themselves that's that, that is new Mm. you know around some issue or some area of their life it's incredible isn't yeah. it i mean the amount of energy that comes off mm. that yeah yeah and then finding ways to anchor that in when it arises right. so smell is a really good one so like moving into the essential oils which are my third thing because i know i talk too much yeah, um yeah. 
So these little beauties, we've had frankincense on our hand uh, when we started, which is the oil of truth. Mm. So we are like, you know, what are they called when they do a thing just that you can't lie? Oh, yeah, like the polygraph test. Yeah, so this is like a polygraph <laughs> test. You've got me on a polygraph <laughs> test. Oh, I've got you on Cacao one. Cacao and frankincense is like the new age polygraph. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it would work so much better, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in the future they'll be like, take the frankincense. No! <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell the truth anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was on an ayahuasca journey about four years ago mm. that... I met essential oils in a really deep way and it was in a journey where um, I was having this big experience about what it means to be a space holder and in the process itself I was like really like oh wow that's not for me but thanks for showing me you know didn't realize it was like a big activation going to happen in my life after that so you were st- you were still denying it at that yeah, point yeah yeah totally because right. my imposter syndrome was like no I'm not I'm, that's I'm, not you I'm not a medicine no, no. woman I'm like a mess you know <laughs> I do all these therapies what are you talking about and so the shaman, the, there was a woman there and the other shaman had gone out of the room. And then in ayahuasca journeys, you're always told, you know, stay in your mat, stay in your process, mm. whatever. But my ayahuasca journey was like, get up and help the shaman. Really? And I, yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't. And I head fucked for ages. And then it was just, you know, I was like, well, it's ayahuasca. I just kind of go with it. It's my consciousness, whatever. And got up and the woman was dealing with someone who was kind of in rounds of kind of some stuck energy. So I went up to behind her and I said, uh, hey, sister, can I can I can I help you? And she went, oh, yes, yes, please go and get my essential oils. So I was the little eager student uh, to be involved in the, you know, yeah, I was just the fact that she'd already said yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like, oh, yes. I, I've taken the I've re- message. I've and- rebelled and it worked. <laughs> And uh, so I ran up with the little thing of um, essential oils. And and up until then, like essential oils were nice smelling things that my mum had lavender in a burner. And, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't a bit of tea tree in the medicine cabinet. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a great thing. I love smell, don't get me wrong. I've always been like smell-tastic. But but you hadn't hadn't cottoned on to their their essential power. To their plant medicine power. Well, it's good to hear about it now because, you know, I think I'm in that place with essential oils. It's a bit like, oh, yeah, they're a thing. They're a a nice smelling thing to make your room smell nice. Exactly. So she lifted up this bottle and she took the the cap off and she put it under my nose. And if anyone's been on ayahuasca or can even imagine what being on ayahuasca is like. Well, it's a, a, just for people who mm -hmm. don't know. You know, uh, what would you say? It's like a, a sort of a South American DM treat, DMT prolonged yes. uh, psychedelic experience yeah. with, you, in a group of people. Yeah, where you're usually having a lot of visuals and yeah, it's very, mm. it's people, very altered reality. Yeah, very altered reality. And a lot of people talk about um, receiving messages from the plant. Yeah, but yeah. you can, I mean, some of my trips, I was able to see music as sound waves in the room and you know so it can also show you reality in different ways mm. so when i picked up she picked up the essential oil and she was like did a little teaching a mini teaching with me so she smelt it and then she gave it to me and i smelt it and then she shook her head like no this is not the right oil and i was like okay and then she picked up this other oil and she smelt it and then she gave it to me and then she nodded her head and she put it under the guy's nose and his entire energetic system calmed down. And because I was on ayahuasca, I really, like, really, Saw I didn't it. see it, like, visually, but I, like, experienced it. It was super strong. And I was like, wow, 
what are these? And then it was like, these are essential oils. Like, wow, they're like little tiny pots of magic, you know? Mm. So afterwards, I just started buying them. Like, like I, as a kid, I was like such a collector. And I just was like, this was my new hobby. And I was reading, I'd get in frankincense, and I'd read everything I could on frankincense. Mm. And then I'd use it every day for like a month. And then I'd move on to the next oil. And I saw in your bathroom, you've You've got a whole collection of them, right? Yeah, I've got like boxes. And you've got boxes in there, yeah. So so the oils that I particularly, uh, that aligned in my path were these oils called doTERRA. And they're a a huge American company. They're the leading oil company in the world. And after about 18 months of journeying and having the entire collection, and probably knowing more than most doTERRA advocates out there, because I'd really kind of gone in a deep way, Mm. the person who got me in said, do you want to sell these? And I was like, oh, man, it's a multi-level marketing. <laughs> Am I going to get it's pulled like, into some sort of pyramid? Like happy housewives. You know, I don't know if I can do this. I Selling think, my friends essential oils. Yeah. And There's so much resistance. My ego is so huge. I was like, I want to do more like plant myths and stuff. You yeah. know, I don't want to be doing like essentials. But I've been doing lots of this work around money and abundance in my life. And I was like, universe, I want to show up in my own rhythm to my own you know my to my children to everything I don't want to work a nine-to-five I don't want to be stressed I want to be able to be creative just like unfold that for me and then in comes doTERRA and Mm. I'm like really (laughs) (laughs) this is the message really like how does that work combo (laughs) cacao and oils and um hey listen I wanted the message but yeah (laughs) so it's been one of my my strongest teachings around business That's it. and it's been like possibly the most inspiring when it comes to seeing how global company can work in a conscious way mm. and so my little mind has had a fantastic journey with this as a company and that that's again it's like cambo i could have a whole thing on why they're so amazing mm. um but these are used all day long like they are part of my life all the time they're my best friends you know i just i just couldn't imagine a life without them now they just my children use them you know they're they use them before they go to school they're just they're just the most beautiful little support allies very subtle so let me ask you how you know for someone listening out there that's you know had the same sort of view in terms of like oh essential oils you know it's nice to make the room smell nice and blah, blah, blah. Mm. you know what, what would you how how do how would you suggest that people get started mm. it, it, on the sort of essential oil mm. journey you know yeah. is it about tuning into going and smelling a few and sort of tuning into something mm. they might feel resonate with or yeah. so first they have to buy it through me that's like <laughs> <laughs> there's the sales pitch <laughs> going of alchemy.com um so really i only can speak from my own experience and i wouldn't go with another I, essential oil is the only system that doesn't have a regulatory but what's it called i can never say this word regulatory regulatory a, re- a, regu- a regulatory yeah it's a dyslexic moment regular i can't do it you know that, what i mean that People. word yeah <laughs> so doTERRA came in and it created three levels of testing two in-house and one out of house to make sure that the oils were 100 percent pure and they hadn't been adulterated or whatever and it suddenly highlighted that the industry is full of a lot of cowboys and a lot of not when you see things that say 100 percent organic it okay. might have a big carrier oil in it So that was the first thing that made me really attracted to these oils. I was like, wow, okay, they're 100% what they say they are. So get good oil. So doTERRA. doTERRA. Therapeutic grade. So the other thing is they have 
way the way they source their oils, which really aligns with my cacao journey, my cambo journey, is that everything has to grow in indigenous soils. So lemons come from Italy or Sicily because that's where lemons optimally mm. grow. Everything's organic. Doterra will come in two thirds of their companies in third world countries. So if they find frankincense and there's not an infrastructure to support that, they'll bring in schools, medical uh-huh. supplies. And to boot, they have the most incredible charity systems oh, that are brilliant. just doing so much good in the world. And I just cry when I go to convention because it's just seeing how plant medicine is breaking into the Western world, mm. even just through essential oils. And this is, again, another wave, another mm. very gentle way you can replace pharmaceuticals using this. You can you can take your health back into your own hands. You can, you know, my kids, we, we burn oils to kill like any airborne diseases. Mm. We don't get sick. You know, there's, mm. I just really think we're at a point where we've realized that we've been conned quite a lot you know and that oregano for example you know is a natural antibiotic and it's antiviral we're always told when we go to the doctor there's nothing for a virus Mm. but with essential oils you know their their chemistry can penetrate cell walls so they're medical kits in a way you know the, the real deal they're the immune system of the plant you know you can learn there's loads of science links on my website if you're really into the science of it so they're more than a smell mm. they're a medicine and not only do they work they work on the emotional body as well so they're just you so know. someone approaching for the first time oh yeah so we're, sorry we so go you, back so, so you, you go would, to the website yeah you buy a kit a kit a kit yeah so there's a base kit that they've designed, which mm. is super clever because it's like 10 oils that do over 300 things. Ah, right. And then they absorb a wholesale price into it and they give you the oils like 50% cheaper. But what you get with a kit is you get a free hour of my time. Mm. So you buy this kit, you've got it for two weeks and then we have like a call on Zoom and then I say, ah. okay, what's going on with your family? What's going on with you? I show you how to use the oils. I show you how to you know send you to all the books and all the links and all the resources. So you start empowering yourself. And so the whole idea is like, it's a successful multi-level marketing because it's selling a product. It's not selling a business model, which Mm. is what a lot of multi-level marketing systems do. And because they sell themselves because they work and they're awesome. Great. And so they want to be a household name. That's their Mm. movement and they're faster growing than Amazon. You know, yeah, they're awesome. It's so inspiring. And I just got to park some of my, you know, cool stuff (laughs) (laughs) because you know it's like middle-aged is the new cool you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm really glad of that (laughs) um no it's amazing to hear your journey with them and I, i suppose what comes across as you talk about it is your sort of sense of passion around mm. it which brilliantly and of course leads us to you know the question you know that i really want to be asking everyone who who sits who's you know who i interview really mm. because i'm i'm very interested myself in purpose yeah now I just, you know, I mean, I don't really know how to frame this question, but I mean, I can see that you're, you're, mm. and I can sense that mm. you're in your purpose. Mm. And I just wonder, just to sort of almost like um, mm. round off where we're up mm. to in this, in this conversation, mm. 
is that you know and it's quite a big question actually yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Know, um, and it changes and it changes mm. of course you know what what's mm. what's been your relationship to your purpose and mm. how you know how have you sort of navigated that um mm. you know god I'm, I'm a master at giving three questions at once mm. but um <laughs> you know so 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 like you know how did you find your purpose mm. what what uh, what was your journey with it mm. and and um and how do you see that mm. in terms of your expression into the outside world mm. do you see what i mean mm. Mm. <clears throat> so in my most moments of reverence and connectedness and tuned inness i would say that purpose is living a present orientated life and in my humanness of, you know, not always being in that place, mm. <clears throat> I would say my purpose is finding something that brings meaning to my life and creates change. Um, and my journey there came from a need to find answers for questions and pain that didn't get solved by anything that anyone told me or said to me. Mm. And that felt like there was a, a spirit inside me that came through this lifetime that wasn't gonna rest until it reached some kind of place. And that sort of place is starting to embody now. And that looks like relaxation. Mm. And it's not there a hundred percent of the time. No I love. Way. I love when I came in uh, earlier. I saw that you had two tortoises, mm -hmm. and that you mentioned that it's quite amazing to have tortoises around to remind you to slow down. Yeah, and I just thought that is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I kind of want to go out and get a tortoise. Yeah, you know, just to sort of meditate yeah. on. Because it just feels like everything happens in the relaxation. Yeah, you know, and it's and yet. What happens for me in the relaxation is a billion ideas drop in and a hundred transmissions. And I, then I go, oh, exciting. <laughs> Let's go make some stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then I stop relaxing again. And so my journey at the moment is how to, you know, keep bringing that relaxation into the doing. Mm. You know, it's super easy to go and go on a retreat and unwind and relax or create rituals even around relaxation. But actually... It's not about that. It's about how you relax in the doing. And that is, I don't know, I think I'll be spending the rest of my life, mm. you know, on that. But it it feels like that's got a great purpose. Yeah. You know, and then that, this whole purpose thing, I've seen that a lot with my partner. I don't know if the masculine has it more strongly than the feminine and, or whatever. Um, but, or the deconditioning might be a little bit different for the masculine based on our historical thing around you know purpose equals what you do mm. you know and i think it's very easy when you have a spiritual orientated life or a, um, something to do with helping people to think that's my purpose mm. and to identify with what you do which is the big trap of the whole like everybody wanting to be a shaman or a whatever because Oh, I found my purpose. I've got some meaning. I exist as something important on this earth. Oh my God, I'm cringing because of my own <laughs> relationship to that as like, you know, becoming a psychotherapist. I, suddenly my purpose, I found it. It's, you know, but actually, you know, yeah. just to go underneath that a little bit, it's not about uh, the thing that I am. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 um, 
what I can become or what my what my potential is and absolutely and then there's this ironic thing of like and I'm so guilty of this because I have like such an overinflated ego as a defense mechanism but you know I also see that it served me to like make crazy decisions and jump into crazy situations with my kind of capacity to believe that I'd be okay you know and then the kind of irony of having to dismantle my fragile ego as it kind of desolated you know and realized oh god I'm not in charge and I think this has been the main driving force behind what I do is I want to bring conscious awareness that we're not in control you know that there is whether you like to call it your higher version of yourself Mm. god energy that my real job is to try get myself out of the way you know, and, 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 and my ego doesn't like that. And of course, I totally respect my ego. Like it serves me. It's got its place and its purpose. And I'm not going to bully it to, to step aside. I've been part of schools that were highly bullying, you know, like wanted to push your spiritual growth. And it just didn't work. Mm. And but at the same time, I see that when I honor myself and when I relax, it feels like an intelligence greater than me starts to say, here, this is who we talk to today. This is what we do today. This is how we move wow. today. Yeah. And this is how we view things and how we can change things that we appear as roadblocks or dead ends are actually opportunities in disguise. And how can we constantly be in a place of reframing and staying curious and opening? And so sometimes I think, really that's my work mm. you know that's my work and and then what seems to happen is then people come to me and say i want to do the work you're doing and i go okay are you sure because this is like endless <laughs> <laughs> but i think there's something really reassuring about i can really i've really touched on nihilism this lifetime you know i've really gone to places of like what is the fucking point of this right. it's just like some kind of game console we're in you know and the structures of the matrix are too fucking thick it's never gonna change it's too depressing like mm. you know, i can really go there and so I, you've touched meaninglessness i i've totally touched i've swam <laughs> mm. in it you know and mm. i've really experienced it in plant medicine journeys and i really think it's part of my path to be able to go from the spectrum of nihilism into just hope mm. and trust that everything is in divine order it's all unpacking and all unraveling in just the most divine dance. And that for me is the way I choose to see life because anything else just brings too much kind of struggle in me. And Mm. anything that's bringing pain and suffering into my life, I sit and I do the work on that and I Mm. see what arises from that. But it's, yeah, I don't even know if I communicate that very well. You recruit, I mean, you know, just sitting hearing that, you know, it's it, it, it it's interesting, isn't it? Because it gives well, it's giving me the the permission to you know, because what I'm taking from your uh, your concept of purpose, if you like, is is um, actually can I get out? Can I get out of my own way to hear what my purpose is in any given moment? Yeah. You know, rather than like you say oh it's I'm this I am the founder of Garden of Alchemy or I am my mother or I am you know whatever different roles you know we can have all these roles and and put purpose into them and they give us purpose but but what I'm hearing you say is actually 
can I is it a, is it more about how I listen to each moment but I think it's a resonance like it's you know we can speak through our minds and then we can we can speak through our heart and words that come through the heart or the body or us as a vehicle land mm. in us and the other person whereas words through the mind have a totally different frequency and so even though I can get really mindy especially after a coffee um what I really am starting to notice is that I can, because I've touched on my truth, I can start to see when others are in their truth and others are being authentic. And that really helps when I'm holding space because mm. I can see where the masks are and all the defense mechanisms on and not in a place of like, like deep compassion, deep compassion that they feel it's not safe to be themselves, mm. that it's not safe to be authentic. Mm. And so this journey in do I dare be myself you know do I dare and I see this so much in my 10 year old child for example she is just such an empath she's super sensitive to the world and to guide her through that is is such a challenge when my 10 year old self had to armor up very hardcore and face life in a way that mm. never had the opportunity to know what sensitivity felt like like i'm only unpacking to reach that now in my life with your 10 year old yeah and and, yeah. and it's seeing it in her it's yeah. like wow this is a natural thing that exists in children all children are sensitive they're able to sense energies they're able to tune in and us adults come in and we shut that down for them you know and then we spend hours years in the therapy trying to unpack mm. it again you know yeah. by then our kids are already fucked up again you know so yeah. it's kind of this idea of like okay how can i how can i unpack because what would it be like to leave a legacy for my children that they're a little bit clearer in the world mm. and then they unpack a bit and you know my mom started this journey and i've got children now and there's been really three generations of women working on themselves mm. my 10 year old is already doing using tools in her life like it's you know it's quite incredible to see mm. how awake she is you know, and it, it blows my mind how wise they are. Like, I'm, I'm already seeing that, they, they, you know, they already are my teachers, but I'm really seeing, like, oh, my God, mm. I'm going to be, I know nothing compared to them. Mm, you incredible. Know? Yeah. yeah. So. Oh. so, Annabelle, great mm -hmm. to talk to you. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to say thank you mm. for, you know, the for being so open and mm. willing to, you know, speak your message. Mm. And um, I'm sure a lot of people out there will resonate. Um, and and if people want to get in touch mm. with you or, or they want to look at your work, mm. where, where, where would they go? To the Garden of Alchemy. Gardenofalchemy.com. .com, yeah. Okay. And um, so that's the best place to get you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've got like various social media plugs, but they're all Garden of Alchemy. Not yeah. the, just Garden. Ah, Garden, Garden of, of Alchemy. Alchemy. And uh, what have you, so so for instance, what have you got coming up? You've got more Cambo ceremonies. Yeah, I've got monthly Cambo, which is quite yeah. exciting because I work with my partner and then we move into a yurt, big yurt in the woods, which is such a nice environment to do it. Wow. So we're based kind of Brighton in the UK yeah. and um, then we do private sessions, integration sessions once a month, cacao ceremonies once a month. Mm. Yeah, and, it's and unfolding. And tell me a little bit more, but just a little bit more about the integration sessions. So the integration sessions were born out of a, a actually a request from various people to say stuff's coming up for them mm. when they're after their cambo ceremonies mm. and it's something i've always been in 
chat about well, even when, on my plant medicine journey I, I had therapists or various practitioners mm. integrating with me after I did a medicine mm. so I just knew intuitively to do that mm. um, and when we say integrating what, what, integrating so my my so how I see how I see plant medicine mm. working is or any experience really is you go and you have an experience Okay, and the experience gives you an insight and sometimes it gives you like a full body sensory taste mm. of that experience. Yeah. And you walk out of that experience thinking that you have now become that experience. Mm. But often you just had an experience. So then you end up being a bit discombobulated because you try to kind of seek that energy or that mm. experience back into your reality. Mm. Oh, I'll do the same things. Oh, I'll go on another trip. You know, and then you end up doing being a plant medicine junkie yeah i don't think we need to do that plant much plant medicine and you see people going back for round after round i agree agree. they don't do any integration so integration is the point where you take the vision of the experience and the embodiment and you start to look at how do i bring that into my life how how do i start to embody it so when you reach embodiment it's when it's become a lived experience for you it's like it's not just in the unconscious or out there. It's become, oh, now I'm a person who trusts myself. Who would have thought when I did my buffo journey two years ago and I mm. intended to trust myself, it would take me two years to yeah. integrate that. Yeah. Because I was so many layers of places where I didn't trust myself. And why? Because I didn't trust my parents and they didn't trust their parents. Mm. And there was just so much distrust. And anyway, trust came from listening to something deeper, mm. you know, than all the the logic of decision making and so i really i I spoke to you at the beginning when we were having cacao and i said how strongly i I work with containers because i had very i didn't have like a really good masculine container from my childhood actually i didn't have any masculine container and so I have spent my whole life trying to find masculine containers, usually in other people or other situations or other groups. Mm. And then I realized on that journey that, oh, OK, now I have to create my own container because I have no model. And in some senses, that's been the biggest blessing of all, because mm. having nothing, right. I have nothing to dissolve. So I have literally had to like trial and error and figure out this kind of crazy little container to live in. And the things that I've discovered on my little voyage have been intentions creating an intention creating safety you know starting to work with themes so then we're aware of what are we integrating Mm. so then when we become embodied we've got a ritual we've got a marker so we start to understand and we start to take authority and in the nicest sense well control of our lives but not in a you know the negative aspect of control yeah. yeah and yeah, it's full on practice of staying conscious mm. and aware and and a lot of um, witnessing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I suppose what comes across there is is actually what, you know, what you're saying is actually take the work seriously. I mean, you know. But not too seriously because that's too a shadow too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the ex- any experience on any plant medicine is that moment and actually the work kind yeah. of comes after that. You know, and that's that's our invitation, isn't it? Is to sort of is to is to do that work. Absolutely. Thanks to Annabelle Nicole there. It was really great chatting to her. If you want to check out any more of her stuff, please go to gardenofalchemy.com. 
If you want to see what I'm up to, you can check out emergingpurpose.net. Thanks for listening to the Emerging Purpose podcast. See you next time.